Hello and welcome to your Sports Memo Podcast. My name is Calvin Emekonka and it is my privilege to have you join us on this Euro 2020 semi-final special episode. There are only four teams left in the tournament and I have to say, this tournament that should have been held last year but the coronavirus pandemic put me to that plan. This has been worth the wait. It's It's been absolutely fantastic and it is a great credit to all the teams and the players and even the referees, the whole team of match officials that have been involved in the tournament. It's been brilliant. They, they've done us They've done us great, and I, I, I have to say that we have to mention them. It's been brilliant to have them, right? So I have in the pod with me to preview the semi-finals in London, Femi Kumuyi and Matt Smith. Welcome, yeah, gentlemen. Thank you. Thanks, Calvin. Right. Um, in North Carolina is Andrew, and for Andrew is a first timer to. Your Sports Memo Podcast. Andrew, welcome to Your Sports Memo Podcast. I'm glad to be here. I'm happy to be here for my first time. Excellent, Andrew. Andrew comes from a footballing stock. His dad used to play for Nigeria's senior national team and also played for the greatest football club on earth, Rangers International of Enugu. Most of you who don't know, you can go and Google the club. You'll find out. Big, greater than Manchester United, greater than Real Madrid, greater than, of course, Arsenal Football Club and all of that. Right, and in Abuja is AGK Ikwagu. AGK, welcome. Squadra Azuri. Always a pleasure to be here. Fantastic. Right, I'm going to start with um, Femi and Ma. Femi, you guys are used to all the hard luck stories that have to do with um, uh, the England national team. I, I I can even go further, further back than you guys. How... Is it possible that, is there a chance that this team would not go all the way? Uh, Matt? Um, do you know what, Calvin? I want to even, hello everyone. Um, I'm not going to lie, I was one of the few before the tournament started. I didn't get on that, it's coming home nonsense, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but as the tournament's gone on, you know, there was the doubts over Harry Kane wasn't scoring and this and that. But mm-hmm. you can see that with the squad, there's a great camaraderie. You know, the Ukraine game, for example, just gone. I thought, okay, we'll all beat them, but we really just put them to the sword. Mm. So, like, a performance like that has me thinking, do you know what? Just maybe. But at this time of the tournament, the final four, whoever they are, everyone's got a chance. So it's still tough. It's still tough. Femi. Yeah, um, I think, yeah, I, I, I will allude to Mark's points, but it's it's so close and it's so far away as, as, as well. That is I'm absolutely just, true. It is horrible just, to lose semi-final, isn't it? <laughs> yes, indeed. So I'm just looking at the quality of, 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 of I'm, all due respect to Denmark, they're a very good team, but if you ask Southgate and the England setup a couple of weeks ago before the tournament started that, if you have only Denmark to, to, to beat to get into the final, they, mm-hmm. they, they will grab it with both hands. Mm-hmm. So all due respect to Denmark, but if you look at the quality of the Italians, it will take some beating to get this trophy away from them. So I think there's a possibility They're in the semi-finals, they've got a great chance, but they've got this semi-final hoodoo over them. The last few semi-finals, they've mm-hmm. always, they've not actually won the semi-finals in 66. So that is, that is a big, big um, mountain to, 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 to climb. So I think one game at a time, 
they need to sort out the Danes. They are very dangerous. They are everybody's love team because yeah. of what happened. And so it, it, it's, it's, it's the word against England on Wednesday. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Andrew, Andrew, you you um, at the moment, you, you're the current footballer in this sport. As you've been watching this tournament, what what has struck you the most about um, these four teams that are in the semi-finals? Well, well yes, um, it, it's been very interesting to watch uh, all these four teams play and, and just the difference in, in play styles, um, really, especially, you know, you watch Azuri, you watch Italy, um, the change the change tactic for Mancini, you know, they like to play on the front foot a lot more. Mm-hmm. Uh, they lose the ball, they're immediately counter-pressing, repressing, as you see, versus Belgium. Um, winning the ball back in dangerous areas, going towards goal, and uh, you know a lot more up-tempo pace of the game, which is which has been great to watch. Obviously, Spain, you still have their tiki-taka. Um, it's good that they have have uh, people like Busquets back in the side, where you mm-hmm. know you can back back, you know, dictate the tempo, controlling things. You know, yeah. Pedri yeah. coming alive, looking like a wonderful player right now. Mm. Um, and of course, you know, I, you always look back at England. England has so many dangerous players that can always, you know, so many game changers, you know, Sterling, people were like, okay, you know, not too many people were in favor of Sterling starting right out the gate and he's come in and, and put in a performance after performance, you know, scoring goals, uh, looking dangerous, driving at defenses, things like that. Yeah. And there, and not only is there Sterling, but, you know, you have Saka, you have, you have Sancho, you have Rashford, you have there's so many other options in that England side, as well as a great defense that hasn't let him that's not letting in goals. So um, between, you know, John Stones, Kyle Walker, and all the other defensive options that they have. So it's, yeah. it's been great. And obviously a motivated Dane side once again. Mm. And I, so it's, it's, it's teach their own. It's, uh, it's, it's good because you got four different play styles that come out there. And it'll be true. interesting to see which will prevail. That's actually true. We've got four absolutely different uh, play styles there. How, what, how do you even describe their mark style, frankly? Educate. Denmark, they, they 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 use the wing back a lot. Um, it's, it's it's funny that the the current wing back, the left wing back, is not even a starter at the school of Atlanta. Uh, Jack and Mary, mm. it's, it's it's been a shining light in this team. But you can't take away the motivation they have. I'm coming from the first game. I didn't think they would come out from the group stage. I thought after their recent saga, after well, the second game, I just felt, oh, they had they had too much on their minds. But they have been impressive. I, I like their style. The, 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 the defense is actually very good. In uh, Kasper Schmeichel, you have a very good goalkeeper. Very, very good goalkeeper. Then they play three at the back. Um, um, the AC Milan guy, uh, Kea, two um, Premier League defenders, Investigat and Christensen. So, I like the way they move the ball. I like the way they move the ball. It's funny that even the the, the top striker, Brightweight, is not a regular in Barcelona too. So, I, I don't, if I were, if I were an English fan, mm. I would be wary of Denmark because they pose the threat aerially. They, they're a good side. They can keep the ball. Not forgetting, they have two very solid central midfielders in Hoiberg and Delaney. Two workaholics. They will close down every spaces. They will cover every inch of grass. So, I I don't think it's going to be an easy game for for, for England. See, um, Matt, Matt, I yeah, I um, I said this in the last poll. I was um, 
I was in South Africa in 2013 when Nigeria overcame all the odds to beat the stars that Cote d'Ivoire assembled to in the quarterfinals. 2-1. Mm-hmm. I, it was one of the most nervous days of my life. I It was just impossible that day. I did not think nobody gave the Super Eagles a chance against Cote d'Ivoire. They ended up beating Cote d'Ivoire. So the next game was a semi-final against Mali. I remember in the press conference, I, I asked the Super Eagles manager at the time, God rest his soul, Stephen Keshe. I said to Keshe, I said, how are you going to stop the players not getting carried away after beating Cote d'Ivoire and then come all the way to come and lose to Mali in the semi-final? England. England have nobody, very few people gave England a chance against Germany. They've gotten mm-hmm. past the Hudu of Germany in the round of 16. They mm-hmm. wiped the floor with Ukraine. Right? Now, yeah. they are at home at Wembley against Denmark. How would these players, this set of players, be able to explain to themselves that they lost a European Championship semi-final to Denmark at Wembley? Do you know what? They wouldn't be able to. It's coming home according to people, mate. Um, you know what? It's like, you know, like the person just before mentioned, uh, Denmark have a very good team. Like, very, very good team. And, you know, you look at their midfield, sort of Delaney Hoiberg, as you said, workaholics. They're going to give England problems. I think in some quarters, some people are underestimating Denmark. And it's the type of game where you just feel like if England don't get that early goal... I really could see it hold on, really hold going on, wrong. Hold on, Matt. Eddie Moore. God, I forgot. I'm so sorry, Eddie. You're coming in immediately after Matt. You're coming in immediately after Matt. No problem. Carry on, Matt. No, no problem. <laughs> sorry. No, no, I was just saying, I just think like, yeah, people are underestimating Denmark. And, you know, we look at the players that we've got in their team. We've got Braithwaite, Paulson. Mm. And for me, that damn guard. I'd never even really knew about him before this tournament, but boy, like he's a great player, and I feel like players like that will cause England problems. But yeah, it's going to be tough. I'm starting the top. Listen, anyone when I see that age come up and it's beyond this above two thousand, it's shot. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie, Eddie, thanks for yeah, thanks cool. for holding on. Right, Eddie, um. Euro 92 Denmark didn't even qualify then um, um, I think it was the Yugoslavia team Yugoslavia actually qualified ahead of Denmark in their group by a point that's how they beat Denmark to qualify for Euro 92 so the war broke out and Yugoslavia were tossed out and they called the Danish players away from their holidays to come to the tournament in the semi-final, they met the favourites and holders, Holland. <laughs> oh my God. Denmark started like a house on fire. The way, the way they tore into Holland was such a shock to the, to the Dutch themselves. They scored quickly. Holland equalised and thought business as usual. The days went up to the end and scored the second goal again. It was only four minutes to... To the end of 90 minutes that Holland managed an equalizer to send the game into 
into extra time and then from extra time into penalties but the Danes won on penalties this Danish team have shown us now I mean they've come back from um, two defeats their first the first two games were defeats and then the trauma of Ericsson's heart attack on the pitch do you do you do you share the optimism that uh, the quiet optimism that they would possess going into into this match on Wembley on Wednesday so, um, I mean, if you're in the semi-finals, you always have a chance. You always have to believe that you have a chance. Mm. You, um, you didn't come all the way from the um, big stage and round of 16 quarterfinals to get to the semi-finals and then be uh, psychologically bullied by this English team. And, you know, we have in, um, Investigad uh, and uh, Christians in the, you know, they know these English players. They played with them time and time again, so they have some insights. But I think the Danes go into this game with nothing to lose. You know, I mean, if they get to the final, right, right where they are right now, yeah. it's a huge achievement considering what happened in the first game. Okay. So, if, so getting to this final, it's already a huge achievement. I don't think I even put them in my list of people to do. No, you know you didn't. I know you did not. So, so getting to this stage is already is already an achievement. So they just have to go into this game and uh, with nothing to lose and play their natural game in um, in um, um, black white. I'm pretty sure he's going to test Maguire's speed. You know, let's see how far you can run if given the chance. Mm. Because that because so far so good, he has shown that he can carry the ball. You know, from you know from midfield to. Um, to uh, the opposition's attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I for me where I have the problem is I don't know who starts between Dolberg and uh, uh, what's his name and um, Paulson. You know, mm-hmm. That's where the manager probably has a slight issue in you know, trying to keep the player who is uh, informed or, yeah. or you know the one that the one that he knows uh, regularly. So I don't. So I don't. Feel that the Danish team going to this game uh, uh, walked up or scared or uh, or any other thing. I feel they going to this game clear mind to you know beat England and let's not forget they were the last team to beat England That's at true. Wembley. At Wembley also, it so, was a farcical penalty though, but still they were. <laughs> so yeah, so they take that motivation into the semi-final against England. Right, Andrew. I've got two. I've got two questions for you. Um, you can. You actually best place to to respond to them. When the round of sixteen game, Wales and Denmark started. The Welsh seemed to be all over them, but the Danes made an a subtle but incredible tactical adjustment. They went from their three. They went from their three centre backs. From their three centre backs, they went to two centre backs, but they moved Christensen into the holding midfield role. His job was to stop all the all the balls played into the big West striker more. Did you did you notice that? Because I'm a big, big, big fan of um, Andreas Christensen. How important is his is his role? Is his role for um, for Denmark in the way they play? I mean, I mean, it's huge. Like, like you said, um, starting the game off versus Wales in the round of 16, um, you could see people like Bale. Bale was having a lot of joy in the, in the first couple of minutes getting mm. on the ball. He was looking lively. Um, he had a couple of shots at goal, and it seemed like, you know, 
it seemed like okay, it was, it was about to be a breakout performance for Bill, and you know he's gonna lead Wills and you know Ramsey, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and all these guys are about to change the tide. And uh, like you said, um, getting Christensen in there at the six and um, it, it enables him because obviously you know playing uh, playing as a center back, he's able to. Uh, he, he sees the game very well. Yep. He has the qualities on the ball. Mm-hmm. But now you stick him in there. He can. He's able to cut out um, essentially the source. So he's able to defend well, and then he, he you know, he can. He's the quality to connect passes, and mm-hmm. it also makes a difference. It, it frees, it frees that back line up from a lot of pressure, and, yeah. and you know, having you know, having the target striker on you, mm-hmm. and just being him, him being able to hold up play and things like that. So it frees them to you know st- get get a little bit tighter to him. You know, kind of step that line up and obviously get get your team out higher up the field. Right. And from there, it just seems like they just started to run rampant. That, that, <laughs> that was actually what happened. From there on, boom, the game the game went away from Wales. Now, the second part of my question for you is um, the nineteen ninety two um, Danish team that won the title had a certain British Michael in goal, and now. They've got Kasper Schmeichel in goal for them. Can you tell me? Because there was a day I was um, I was just going through a list of players who are in this tournament, who or who have been in tournaments past, who had famous footballing fathers. And I I, I don't know because I, I for you I'm sure you probably did not know so much about your dad's history. But now how how does a how does a how does a child how does a son cope? With the, the the history of of a father in the, in in a situation like this, like what do you make of Schmeichel coping well with his father's history? I uh, I think I think it's impressive. Um, it's it's a it's a lot depending on the the mindset that you take it from, and mm. and tip, it also depends on the relationship that you have with your father. Um, obviously, obviously you'll hear a lot of comparisons. You know, growing up. Um, you know whether you make it that far or not. Um, you'll hear a lot of comparisons about what your father was or, yeah. or what you, yeah. you know, what you expect, and, and whether you know you're up, to, you're not up to par. And if if you don't have the right mental capacity for things like that, it, it could be a lot. It could be a lot stressful. But yeah. you could also take it as a positive and be like, okay, like you know, a lot of people are expecting a lot of me. Mm-hmm. So it's time for me to you know raise my level, get better, and you know start putting on the performances like he has been doing. And and obviously he's. He's done a lot of winning himself, you know. Yes, he's yes. Won with Leicester. Yep. He's done all. He's, so I mean, like he, you know, that's that's one of the that's one of the Premier League titles that you know people are going to talk about for years. You know what I'm saying? So it's not it's not like he he doesn't have the same kind of like his name doesn't carry the same amount of weight. Mm-hmm. So I always think it, it's good to have a standard, but the the standard that others put on you shouldn't be higher than the standard that you put on yourself. So I think that that's the biggest key. Excellent. And. I was driving home on Saturday night and I was hearing people on a radio show clamoring for Jack Grealish back in the starting lineup. And I was thinking, what is wrong with these people? England have just tanked Ukraine 4 0 and people are mourning that Jack Grealish didn't start. What? What is that? Please, can you help me out? Um, 
<laughs> I think I think I think a lot of fans nowadays are they're better managers than those that are in charge supposedly obviously and I think everyone have their own view their own take and they expect their you know their manager or the coaches to apply those those take but it doesn't work like that. I think Southgate has has had as 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 had a lot of. Uh, he, he should take a lot of credit with the way he has stuck to his to his style, to what he believes, the mm, players mm, he believes in. Mm, because mm, before the Euros, um, Pickford dropped quite a lot of howlers yeah, in, in, yeah, in, in, in in the league, and everyone was saying Nick Pope should start or Anderson at United, and you know they were giving him options across the back four as well, but. I think it stuck with the the core of the 2008 um, um, squad, and and they've repaid that faith that he has trust he has put in them. Uh, in 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 back to the manager. So I, what, what, what I believe Grealish is a, is a flair player, but it just doesn't suit him. Starting doesn't suit Southgate style of play. That that, that that's what I believe. He, he can come in from the left. Sterling likes playing on the left. He prefers Sterling over 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 Grealish. Obvious reasons. Sterling has has de- de- developed and evolved with the core of this team over the number of years. Yeah. So they under- there's that understanding of the ball and on the ball. So mm. Grealish is still trying to get find his feet in this team. So I, in a way, I would have called for for, for Grealish to, to to start over Sterling before this tournament as well. Yeah. So I think in the course of the tournament, as it has progressed and with kind of performance that Sterling has dropped, I think. People should just leave the manager to to, to be basically, and 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 I think because I've I've heard a lot of things on even on Twitter. Whenever the starting lineup is is released, and I go in the comment section, I see people saying a lot of those sort of things that oh, it should be this, it should be that. So, you know, be, before the tournament started, half of these players wouldn't be starting. You know, even Trippier <laughs> playing in this tournament was a, was was a surprise. Friends not being picked, even though it later got injured, and a lot of things. So I think people should trust the manager, trust the process, as they ask no fans to say about it. <laughs> I think I, I, I think this manager has shown that his approach is working, his style is working. Mm. They are the right, 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 right. You know, squeaky bomb time of this tournament where you need luck, you need everything, and, and I think the players, the manager, he needs the fans' support, and calling for one player to start over the other shouldn't really be in the question at, at this stage I think is where you just have to stick to what has worked for you so far changing the style at this stage and sometimes you can change the style you know to, 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 to kind of like hurt your opponent if you believe a, a certain player yeah, as yeah. the as, as the attributes and, and the skills to, 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 to unlock defenses and move around but I think I think Grealish we get, we, we get his time. He's still relatively young, and he, he will he will blend into this team. But at this stage, they, he, he, I think, he's a player that can come off from the bench and see where the where the holes are and 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 and, and pick it out for for England. I think Sterling should, should start for me. Uh, um, Eddie, as on the subject of Southgate and the managers, I, I am, um, for me. The one thing that has stood out in his since he's become England manager, which is something that no, I've never witnessed in my lifetime with another England manager. Gareth Southgate, as we say in Nigeria, does not send the press. He does not, he has no interest whatsoever in any agenda that the press are trying to run 
is absolutely uninterested. Another manager who I think has that same feeling or that same behavior is Lucho over at Spain. Um, um, Luis Enrique. Luis Enrique. Luis Enrique yeah. picks a team for the first time in my lifetime. A Spanish team that comes into his tournament without a Real Madrid player. <laughs> he was like, I don't care what you people think. I'm only going to pick players that I think would help me win the tournament. Um, the Swiss gave them a fright the other day, but they still got through. <coughs> and as um, Andrew has pointed out, <coughs> they still play their tiki-taka. They create lots of chances. In Pedri, they've got a brilliant, brilliant young footballer. And then in, um, in, in Sergio Busquets, they've got a conductor who's seen it, who's been there, seen it, done it, and won it all. How do you think they would up, um, approach this absolutely massive, massive match against Italy? Well, I think they would just go for more of the same. Uh, uh, it doesn't look like a manager to change the system completely. I think maybe in-game, they would probably change it. Um, a few things if they need if they need to, but I think you're still going to see Spain play uh, possession football and then players off the ball uh, movement and positioning and all that. So I don't see I don't see any change coming in, into that game. Uh, it's left for the players on the on the pitch now to actually implement what coach has uh, has the um, instructions that they've been given from the dressing room. Um, like you called Busquets, you called uh, you called Pedri. Uh, I think Albatu has been impressive. Uh, Ferran Torres, you know, that's I, true. Ferran Torres, I like you know, that kid. I really do. Yeah, I like that boy. He can, he can play left, right, or even centre. He can play centre too. Everywhere. Yeah. So, so you know, uh, Koke Koke has been lively. Uh, Unai Unai Simon hasn't really done much. Uh, yeah, you know, a couple of saves here and there, but that's huge, uh, you know, uh, on goal against uh, Croatia. But where I have issues with the Spanish team is their striker and the, and the, and the, and the centre back. Mm. It always feels like there's there's a mistake, you know, brewing between Laporte or Alvarez or whoever he picks. It, it always feels like you know there's a mistake somewhere there, and you know, giving. Pressing them enough would definitely bring out um, a, um, a goal or two. Now, with all the chances that they create yeah. from Ferran Torres to Koke to Pedri, whoever it is, Morata not being able to take those chances, you know, it might hurt them because now you are at the stage where you're playing, you're playing an Italian team that do not need 50 chances to put the ball in the back of the net. Mm-hmm. You know, you give them half a chance and your, and your goalkeeper is going to work. So, so Morata and um, Moreno, they need to you know, be able to take those chances as they come. Because you might not get a lot. You know, between Chiellini and um, Bonucci, mm. uh, you, might, you, might not get, you might not get a lot of chances. So when they create those, those, um, those um, little chances, Morata and or Moreno, they need to be able to be a chance to take those chances. Or at least test the goalkeeper, you know, and give yourself that confidence that, okay, you know, the next one is coming and I'm going to you know, bury it this, this way or that way because 
I know for a fact that the Spanish states are going to create chances because with the way they put the ball yep. so fast, with the, with the way they start things off the ball, you know, they have you know, a lot of time to pick out those passes. And, and let's not forget, Daniomo comes into that team and he's and, and he's always in danger. Yeah, every time he yeah. comes on, he's yeah. in danger. Every, every time he comes on. So, uh, the, the only issue I have is the defense and the attack. But as a whole, I think the is just going to go with what he knows, and you know, hopefully that will be enough for the Spanish team on on the day. Right. Um, the Azuri man himself. I'll come to you later. But let me go to let me go back to um, Andrew. Andrew, you you when you watch um, this Spain team, just like you did mention. With regards to um, Sergio Busquets uh, and Pedri, what what is it? What is it about? What does what do they have to do, right? To to stop? I'm trying to say. I'm, try, I'm trying to look at it this way that they they know what they are going to do, right? But what do they have to in an offensive manner, as in trying to win the game? But in trying to win the game, they have to do some stuff not to lose it. I, I don't know if that's making any sense, but what do they have to do to stop the, you know, the tempo with which the Italians play? How do they? How do they? How do they nullify that? I, I think, um, well, from my from my approach, what I would do, obviously, in my opinion, I think the I think the game's going to be one in the midfield, mm. and. Um, and I think if Spain can win that midfield battle between uh, between them and Italy, I think I think that will be the key. Um, like I said earlier, uh, when when like the fall of the Tiki Taka era uh, after the World Cup and the Euros, that ball like a lot of teams were having a lot more a lot more uh, a lot more success when impressing Spain and getting after Spain and and getting on the front foot and you know not letting them dictate the pace and the play. Okay. And, and like I said, with, like like it was mentioned earlier, with Spain's back line, um, you know, it's not the it's not the most sturdy of defenses. So I think the best the best case scenario with this is to be on the ball a lot, to have a lot of the ball, um, to dictate the tempo, and, and just not really and kind of let the game settle. Rather than like, if for Italy's perspective, they would probably you know rather a lot more up tempo game mm-hmm. with with the ball turning over a lot more, mm-hmm. where people like Espinye and and uh, Mobile can pick up the balls and, and you know pick up the ball in good areas and, and get out that back line. Mm. And I think I think that's big. Um, also, what's going to help in the favor is uh, obviously Spinazzola, his injury. Um, yeah. So who knows? Maybe you know going forward, maybe they might get at Emerson a lot more. You know, maybe exposing the you know the wide play and working things around and, and, and trying to get a lot of more a lot more of the ball and, and building up better goals and and just trying to give Morata as many chances as he can get. Um, you know, and hopefully he takes those chances. Since That'll he, be big, also. Since he needs a lot of chances to score one or two. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, hopefully he takes those chances. You know, <laughs> uh, so I, I think that would be the biggest key for them is just you know to be able to play their game and to dictate their tempo because obviously the more the ball that they have, you know, the the less of the chance they can get exposed. So, right, um, educate. We you I remember. In our first podcast for this tournament, we, you and I, were very pro Azuri. But that's for me. It was because of my attachment to Mancini, who I saw in his first 
euros, euro eighty eight, and I still think, I still believe that the biggest um, blot on his career as a footballer was how he never really fulfilled his um, his abilities, talent, while wearing the blue of the squadra Azuri. Now they're in the semi final. Unfortunately, Sunazola has gone and done his Achilles. He is their main, their main outlet in in attack. And as um, Andrea said, they Italy play at a fast tempo. But there's some, there are two things I've I noticed every time I watch them. One of the most underrated things when you watch this Italian team play is Leonardo Bonucci's passing out of the back. It is absolutely sensational. He can bypass every press with his passing, right or left foot. Now, without Spinazzola, and they've got uh, Emerson to, to come in, what, EJK, how confident are you of Italy being in the final on the 11th? I am 90% confident because yeah. <laughs> Spinazzola um, is, 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 is missing. Um, if he were fit, I would be 100% wow. because he gives them. Um, yes, he, he gives so much, so much freedom to to, to wave his magic. We saw the goal Messina um, scored um, at the quarter final. That was straight from his playbook. If you watch Napoli, he does it over and over. He's been doing it in this tournament, but it hasn't clicked until uh, it did for him. So Emerson is, is solid defensively, mm-hmm. but doesn't have that boss of speed that Sinazola brings to the team. Um, I'm, I'm also worried about um, Lorenzo, uh, Di Lorenzo, the right back. Okay. He, yeah, he seems like a weak link among the back four. He seems like a weak link. If, if Spain can isolate um, him one-on-one with any of the wingers, they might give Italy um, some problems there. But I'm very confident in the midfield. Like Andrew said, that game will be won and lost in the midfield. In Barella, Jorginho and Verratti, you have probably the best combination at the Euros. They can press, they can pass. So, um, Locatelli, people argue, oh, why is it out of the same? He's got two goals. What Verratti brings to that team, Locatelli cannot. He's still young, yeah. But Verratti brings so much energy, so much... Um, uh, passing and, and press on the ball so I think Italy have nothing to fear the Spanish team and as much as they have scored 11 goals in the past two games mm. uh, they are not solid they are not they don't they don't bring this uh, confidence that the Spaniard of 2010 and 2008 had you had um, Puyo and, and Casillas and um, De Vivier and Torres and the rest of them mm. this Spanish team do not have that experience they don't have that experience yet yes they, they are young guys in Pedri in um, Kroki and the rest of them but I think the Italians have nothing to fear they would they, they, so far so far I, I, I make bold to say that the Italians have played the best football at the Euros Mm. So far, they have won, they have won every single game. They they have played the two games unbeaten. That doesn't come easy. So I think uh, I think the Italians will, will, will nick this. Probably by Longo. I think they will nick this. <laughs> Femi, <laughs> Femi, you still with us? Nah, I think Femi is good. Mark, I I I think I don't think any of these games will end one nil. 
even though HK says that um, Italy will beat Spain, what do I when you <laughs> when, when you watch Matt, when you watch when you when yeah. you think about this when you think about that that semi final, what what stands out for you? But you know what, yeah, um, and I think too, you might have heard in a previous podcast when I was talking about Spain and Netherlands, mm. I kind of had my doubts about Spain with the whole Marata missing God knows how many chances. Mm. Um, I really I really thought they were going to struggle, but you know what, I, I know it went to penalties with Switzerland, but I really feel they're going to give Italy a very good game. I feel like as good as Italy have been defensively, you know, winning the games, 32 unbeaten, I really feel... Uh, okay, don't quote me on this, people. Um, Spain couldn't... You're, you're, you're being recorded. Uh, no, but you know what? I, 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 just, I, I just feel there's this thing like... Obviously, you know, I'm, I'm back in Italy as well, but I just feel Spain could do this, you know? Mm. And I feel it could be the game where Morata will finish that chance where people go, oh, wow, and they nick the game. I wouldn't be surprised if it's like 2-1 Spain. Right. This is sensational. Eddie... Uh, I, I don't know if you remember I don't know if Eddie No, I think it was the second podcast we did for the type, for this championship and I remember saying that the only worry I have about Italy is I do not like I'm very wary of teams starting tournaments very well I would, I've always preferred um, teams starting slowly and building up as the tournament progressed. So, Eddie, you've heard Matt say something like he thinks that Spain wouldn't start the tournament um, on fire. And he thinks that Spain would, would be able to stop Italy here. What do you think? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's a tough, it's a tough one. Um, you know, you can make an argument for both sides and say, you know, it's good to start the tournament um, very good. Mm. It gives you that, gives you that um, momentum to go on to, you know, enjoy the game. Um, there's, there's, there's a thing in football where the, the more you win, the more confidence you get, and the more energy you know, the team gets. And this is a, uh, this is a what? This is a seven or eight game uh, competition. So you know, you have to always have this uh, this momentum to carry you, you know, into. Each um, game, uh, so far so good. The, the Italians have shown that even against Austria, mm. you know where it where it seemed like there might be an upset. There, I think uh, for experience and that and that confidence in what they, uh, in that confidence in what they have been doing in previous games, they always believe that you know our time will come. We just have to you know, stay in the game long enough to have that one chance you know, and bury um, for Spain. You know, I, I think I was I was not surprised when they played the goalless draw against uh, Sweden. Mm-hmm. I wasn't surprised. I was I was kind of happy actually that Swedish team is kind of my team. So, <laughs> but, but so really, but so yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the Swedish team. Uh, they are not my you know top team, but I like uh, what they do and how they do it. Mm-hmm. Well, but. But so far, so good. Um, the Spanish team, they have slowly you know, gotten into this, uh, this um, tournament. Uh-huh. Uh, it hasn't been... It, hasn't, it looks straight, straightforward when they beat... Uh, uh, I can't remember who they beat, 5 nil. Slovakia. I think it was Slovakia. Yeah, Slovakia. Uh, it looked, I, it looked straight, 
straight um, forward from, from there on. But slowly, they've gotten themselves into this tournament. The mm-hmm. state, um, this great uh, thing gave, gave them a scare. Um, so both teams come with players who have played high pressure football yep. uh, for for a number of years in their club side. So they know what to expect. They know uh, what's you know, going into this game, the kind of mentality that they need to have in order to carry, you know, probably the one thing for, for Sassolo and, uh, you know, other the lower teams that don't get to play this game and kind of high pressure football all the time. So uh, I think you can make a case for both. Uh, but on the day, uh, I think it's who take their chances uh, that gets to win the game. Uh, against England, Germany, we saw that, you know, in the high point of the game, it was the English team that took their chances and, and the Germans lost their line. So on this tight game that we expect, uh, I think it will take their chances. And so far, so good. I think that um, that, that whole uh, momentum lies with the, with the, um, the Italian side. Andrew, you would get you get the first dip on this. If you were a betting man, which I'm not sure you are, or no matter if you are. I'm sure he is. <laughs> if if you were if you were a betting man, and with all the um, the fact that you watch football a lot, you play you play in the in the you play the sport also to a very good level. When you when you look at a game as big as this Italy Spain match, <laughs> what would you call it? How would you call this? Don't 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 call both sides. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, for, for me, for me, uh, I think I, there's there's nothing in my mind that can that can allow me to, to doubt Italy um, based on what they've done so far. Yeah. Um, like I said, uh, just the the. The way the midfield three just works together and, and, and is able to play both sides of the ball, you know, they're able to create penetrating passes, create opportunities, um, as well as, you know, defend and sit in front of that, that back four. Mm. And then obviously, like we mentioned earlier, you got Benucci, who's comfortable, comfortable with both feet, can pick out a pass. And those are like, I, I love defenders that are able to, you know, they can win their 1v1 duels, they can win their aerial battles, they're, they're tactically smart, but also on top of that, you know, they're 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 comfortable in the ball like like they're midfielders, and and I love that like about Bonucci and you know Chiellini more the hard nosed defender. Mm. Um, so for me, it's 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 hard for me not to not to take them. Um, even and like I said, you got players up there that can score goals. It, they just they just seem so balanced on all fronts, mm. and and everything's clicking right now. So it's it's hard for me not to take them. Fabulous, educate. It is so easy for everybody to round on Avaro Morata and his misses. Chiro Immobile, apart from the first two games, has been absolutely atrocious for Italy. In the last game, he he's was having, he's having a bad tournament. He was so bad in the last match. I was like, in Italy, we are playing with ten men all the time. He was on the pitch. Now, I I want to believe that you. You're still sticking to your 90% certainty of Italy winning. Is that correct? Of course, of course. So Italy will win. All right. Matt. Yes. Yes. You're still sticking to Spain winning. You know what? All I'm just saying. <laughs> I no no <laughs> no. Brian, just be cool. Just be cool. <laughs> Matt, pick a team. 
come on man just pick a team <laughs> it's trying to be political <laughs> Matt oh, I think we lost Matt where is Matt gone <laughs> yeah, he's, still... he's, he's, do- he's dodging the question. No, he's, 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 he's dodging here. the question. He doesn't want to pick it to you. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm here. I was just saying, uh-huh. do not be surprised if Spain turned them over. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Pick Two one. Pick it in Spain, right? All right. Let's yeah, make... I'm done with it. Let's do let's do this. Very easy. I'm gonna go around. Um Eddie, the two finalists. Whoa, you just changed the question. Yes. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> The two finalists. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm going with uh, Italy, and of course, my prediction, England. Italy, England final it's for Eddie. Home. Italy, yeah. England final for Eddie. Andrew in North Carolina, your finalist. Uh, I'm going. I'm going Italy, England as well. Educate. Italy, Denmark. Oh, uh, you just trying. To- you're just trying to be different. <laughs> I'm going Spain, England. Listen, gentlemen, it's an absolute pleasure having you. I've recorded all that you have said. It will be up there for the whole world to listen to. Are you are you are you threatening us? Don't don't forget to edit, don't forget to edit out my Spain part. <laughs> it, will, it will go live in another five minutes, and then we have everybody know who chose who and who said what. Listen, Adrian, absolutely, no, absolutely. I'm confident. I'm confident. It's been fantastic having you guys, <laughs> Andrew. Thank you for waking up so early to be a part of this. I really, really appreciate that. Thank you, Andrew, for coming on your sports no, podcast. You can now go back to bed if you want to. Eddie. <laughs> Sounds good to be. Eddie, thank you once more for coming. Educate. Thank you very, thank very you much for coming on your spot. My pleasure. My pleasure. Okay. Hey, Matt. Thank you for coming. Yes. Thank you, brother. Nice. Thanks for having me again, man. Yes. Thank you so very much. And for you, our listeners, thank you so very much for being a part of this special episode of your Sports Rebel podcast. Do not forget, if you've enjoyed it, please feel free to share and even give us a like on on your various uh, podcast platforms. My name is Calvin Emeka Walker and the next episode will be a preview of the final. Signing out. Peace.